This episode is brought to you by Consulting Humor. If having fun at work is on your to-do list, be sure to check out their Instagram. Only not when your boss is sitting next to you because they may start laughing hysterically and that would be terribly disruptive to the client, wouldn't it? The humor is contagious. Don't say I didn't warn you. I'm Jay Alexander, and you're listening to the beginning of Out of Bandwidth Season 2. Up until now, this show has been entirely about the consulting industry. As an analyst at a major consulting firm, I've learned that people love talking about consulting, but don't always understand what it is. So I started this podcast to explain it, and I invited friends and colleagues to talk about project life, weekly travel, the beach, and everything in between. But at this point, 10 episodes in, I've not only covered what I intended to, but I've realized the same people who are interested in consulting are also curious about other industries like finance, entrepreneurship, and even medicine. So I'm expanding the show to cover early careers in general. Out of Bandwidth will not just be a show about consulting, but a podcast about people launching their careers. Only this time, we won't pretend to be experts. At times in season one, my guests and I have spoken for the industry when we only intended to share our personal experiences. Nuances do vary between people and companies, and moving forward, we will do our best to give you a better impression of that. This brings me to today's topic. On this episode, I've invited my colleague David to help me compare consulting to some related careers and set up the foundation for the next season. David, welcome to the show. Jay, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. We have two question sets. Set one. This one focuses on getting to know you and your thoughts on consulting exits. Now, part of this episode was actually your idea. We've been talking about what would happen next for a little while, and why don't you start out by sharing with the audience what you shared with me? Sure, Jay. I've been at the firm for two and a half years, and I'm not quite sure what is next for me. The traditional path is often a graduate degree or exiting. And I know in previous episodes that two-year inflection point is a popular decision maker for consultants in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking as many people in my start class have started to explore those exit opportunities. Mm -hmm. One, why does that happen? And two, why does that happen, especially in this industry and with these firms that are often harder to get into than Ivy League schools, acceptance rates of less than 5%. And those two things have fascinated me, particularly if so many people leave, would have you been better off joining those companies at 22 rather than 25? And that is the basis for today's episode. This is the gateway to the next season. And in order to jump from consulting to other related careers, what I want to talk about today is what else could you have done if you had not gone into consulting? And that is the basis of your question. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with some background. David, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And this includes how long you've been out of school, what you studied. Let's take it from there. Sure, Jay. I have been with the firm for two and a half years. And so I graduated uh, shortly before that. I came from a liberal arts university, but I did study mathematics and economics. So the business twist of liberal arts. And that's kind of what brought me to consulting Mm -hmm. and some of these very business type internships and Mm -hmm. full-time positions. In particular, the money that was there for interns. At big firms, 
within consulting, interns can make a range from anywhere from 30 to $40 an hour. And coming from a background in which I was making $10 an hour to move bricks or mow lawns, <laughs> this became kind of an immediate goal of mine. It's a much higher bar. Much higher bar. So you were chasing dollars. I was chasing, absolutely. When I was looking for an internship, Mm -hmm. I was chasing dollars. So that meant banking, financial services, Mm -hmm. consulting. I knew those were the three that at the time, Mm -hmm. this was three or four years ago, were paying the most. Now in 2019, things may have changed, but that was what I was chasing initially. I interned with the firm came back full-time, and here we are. Got it. Your particular driver was the money. Other people may or may not be driven by the money. Let's talk about some reasons why people are drawn to a particular industry. And we'll start with consulting because that's what we're coming from. Absolutely. I would say there's three, I call it the three L's. Mm -hmm. Lifestyle, location, and I'm going to make up a word, leverageability. We'll go the easy one, location. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to work? And this doesn't just pertain to people in school. This could be someone looking to transition jobs as well. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a big city? Do you want to be near your hometown? Mm -hmm. Because where you want to work in this country, your opportunities will be different. New York City has more job opportunities than Toledo, Ohio. Sure. Chicago has more job opportunities than Indianapolis, Indiana. The bigger the city, the more opportunities. Okay. But if you want to join a tech startup or big tech, you might be thinking West Coast. If you want to join finance, you might be thinking New York. Yep. So some people are location agnostic, but location is important to you. Mm-hmm. You want to assess that. Uh, the next thing is lifestyle. There's a lot packaged into there. So for consulting, you've hinted on this on other episodes, the travel, the perks, Mm -hmm. the pay, the ability to work in different industries and tap into potentially different strengths Mm -hmm. and different passions that you have. And the last one I would say leverageability. And I'll dive in a little deeper to this one. And I'm going to quote some studies from Gallup as recently as last year. Almost 66% of millennials are looking to change jobs and almost one to three to one to four will change jobs within a 16-month period. That's pretty quick. That's quick. And we've talked about this before. 2019 is not 1989. People are not in the same job for 40 years, and it's not exactly. your life. Often our parents' era, people started in a job, and they stayed there until retirement. They worked their way up. I'm not knocking that. But in 2019, with the evolution of tech, mm-hmm. the evolution of startups, the evolution that a company can be created in a dorm, like Facebook, and be one of the largest companies in the world, Mm -hmm. that's the type of dynamic play that's happening. So as I begin to speak about leverageability, the idea that this job you take out of school won't be your job when you retire at 60, Mm -hmm. and likely there'll be two or three or four changes, leads the idea that where will this job take me? How will I springboard? as a very important aspect before choosing a profession out of school or even switching jobs. Think of the people who have your dream job and work backwards. Likely the people who have your dream job are not 25, 26, 27. Mm -hmm. Likely it's a 35 to 40 year old executive, maybe a little older, and they have this responsibility or this title that you feel is important, interesting, dynamic. It can make 
impact? How did they get there? Work and backwards. Work backwards. And likely it's not this linear direct line. Likely it's this zigzag. But you'll start to see trends, common jobs, mm-hmm. common positions, common bullets on their resume that they were able to do, learn, hone in on. Mm-hmm. And that is how I like to think of leverageability. Leverageability, exactly. If the three L's might draw people into consulting, I think it's fair to say that they could easily draw people to finance, venture capital, entrepreneurship. Absolutely. I think those three L's draw people into every profession law, PhD, becoming a professor, medicine, medicine, becoming a nurse, a doctor, mm-hmm. a veterinarian. I think those three L's are the backbone behind choosing a career. And I think if we go down a list of every job that someone can get out of undergrad or every job someone holds between 22 and 27, sure, those three L's are kind of at the backbone of why you do it and if it ends up being worth your while to stay or to leave. Let's work backwards. You mentioned you're going to look at one of your idols and you see where they are today and how they got there. So a lot of people we know openly took the job in consulting knowing they would likely leave. So the question that begs is, let's say you really want to go to a startup. Is it worth going into consulting for two years beforehand if you know that you want something entirely differently afterwards? The consulting answer is it depends. <laughs> and Jay and I have heard that oh too many times many, over many the times. years. Yeah. It depends. I have friends who work in startups and make more than a consultant. I have friends that work in startups and make much less than a consultant. I have friends who work in startups with better hours, far worse hours. But I really do think if you know the startup, the industry, the niche area you want to get in, mm-hmm. Either go get in that niche industry or join consulting and get on projects in that niche industry. So let me ask you this question. My dream is to have a successful podcast. I've been in consulting. Have I wasted my time or has this been yet another avenue to get me there? I would say yet another avenue to get you there. Okay. If I said wasted your time, this would be a a buzzkill on on out of bandwidth. And for our listeners' sake, I would never do that. But truthfully... You have not wasted your time. I think the skills you've learned, the people you've met, and the position you're in now mm-hmm. has given you the opportunity to explore this passion. And I think you can look at it from a very pragmatic standpoint. I've made good money and yep. saved dollars so I can dedicate time to the resources, the equipment yep. to launch a podcast. what I think is going to be a very successful podcast. <laughs> I hope I know. Or you can think about it not as pragmatically as the softer things. I've met these people who've had an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Or I joined consulting, realized that my true passion is in media and that maybe you've tapped into that on projects and only been able to dip your foot in the water. Mm-hmm. But now you know you want to jump in that deep end of that swimming pool. That's a good point. And you might not been able to tap that foot in the water if it wasn't for consulting. Well, before we cut to the break, I will pose one more question. And this is one of the last questions we're going to talk about consulting as the focus. We've talked about consulting being a launch pad, and it gets you into a lot of careers. But what kinds of careers can it realistically accelerate? Where have people gone from consulting? I'll say there's a few people who will jump ship consulting to consulting. 
another firm mm-hmm. is more attractive. Other companies include the bigger ones, your Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Amazon, your kind of big tech, your mm-hmm. bigger industry tycoons, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, United Healthcare. Mm-hmm. And then your startup is a big world that people tap into that we often say, your bigger startups, we work. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of the avenues people take. Uber, I'll throw that into startup, yep. big tech, sure. Peloton. I know people who went to Pinterest, DoorDash. All of these companies are looking for, on their job postings, it will say prerequisite, three years of management consulting. It's one of many things. One of many things. It's not the only (laughs) thing. Often, it will say three years in management consulting slash investment banking. I have also seen that as well. Yes. And it goes back to that generalist strategist type of toolkit you acquire but it also is like going to an elite university. People want to hire consultants and investment bankers because they made it to an elite place where it's tough to get into. And there's so much vetting and the training that happens at these big companies. Yes. The people outside know that, and that is why they want to hire. Coming up after the break, we begin the transition from consulting and take the show in the direction of the next season. If you're interested in learning about careers, there's a great podcast out there called Working by Slate Magazine, on which a rotating host interviews Americans about their jobs. Some are everyday gigs, and others are more unique, you could say, like fireworks engineer or social media influencer. Whether you're interested in discovering careers that might be a good fit, or just looking for entertainment, it's worth a listen either way. Welcome back to Out of Bandwidth. I'm here with my colleague David, comparing consulting to other related careers. Before the break, our first set of questions remained focused on consulting. Now it's time to expand. After talking about what else have people done after consulting, let's go back even further. Let's say that we had never gone into consulting and think about a couple years ago out of undergrad, I know I was looking at finance rotations and startup opportunities like Venture for America. What were you considering if you hadn't done consulting? Finance, banking, PE. I was very monetarily driven. I knew that my fellow math and economics majors Mm -hmm. were making the most money there, especially in New York City. And that was where I was drawn to. What I wasn't focused on as much was that location. Mm Mm-hmm. And that has become increasingly more important as I traveled. I see my 22-year-old self, and I think I could have been just as happy at a big data analytics firm or a bank in Chicago or New York that had a rotational-type program that paid well and that allowed me to be in two of my favorite cities, which I love. Let's go beyond ourselves. What are our friends doing? People that we graduated with. I know people who are in med school, law school. Other consulting firms, startups, Teach for America, Venture for America. That's kind of where my friends are. Where are yours? I would say my friends are in banking, real estate, sales, recruiting, sports, okay, and startup tech. I'll lump those into 
Big tech? Startup small tech. I don't have too many personal friends in what I call big tech. Okay. We've covered between ourselves and our friends the main job opportunities that interest people early in their career. What I want to ask now is, what are our end goals and where do we ultimately see ourselves in five to 10 years? Let's start with you. Jay, that's a great question. And I am constantly trying to find this answer every day because I hope it will help me steer my next decision. Mm -hmm. But I think in five to 10 years, I see myself managing people. Mm -hmm. I've been a part of teams in which in consulting, you often have a manager or senior manager who is running the team and not only responsible for the output of deliverables, but often the culture, the team morale, and we have both experiences, good and bad. Mm -hmm. A bad manager can take its toll, but a good manager you'll want to run through a wall for. You want to stay up late and crank Mm -hmm. on the deliverable. You want to be that. I want to be a good manager. I played sports collegiately, and by the graciousness of my teammates, I was a captain. And having that kind of responsibility to lead a group of young men when I was in college was something I'll never forget and something that is a passion of mine. So in five to 10 years, I see myself in a type of leadership position. Now that is very vague and that can be done almost (laughs) anywhere. Yep. So, but other than that, I, I want to do something that's impactful and it's not necessarily just a dollars answer, but I want to make an impact. I see. That's bigger than my own. And I understand that these answers are vague, but that's because that's just where I'm, where I'm at right now. I mean, I asked you a question knowing that you might not be able to give a specific answer. I, Honestly, I can't either. And Where do you see yourself in, <laughs> Jay, in five to ten years? Honestly, I hope that in that this podcast or another podcast that I start might have taken off. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of startup by Gimlet Media. Maybe I could become the next Alex Bloomberg or something, you know? like Absolutely. I mean, if you think of any person at the top of their game, they started in a studio similar to this where they're doing it out of their passion. It's something that I've seen in you, that you found this passion in media and producing that you've known for a while. And it's something I'm trying to tap into. I am looking for that area that energizes me. Uh, Similarly, it's been fun to watch and I'm excited for the journey, for the evolution. Thank you. So a couple more before we sign off. We've mentioned many careers at this point beyond consulting that people could be interested in at our age. Is there anything else you think that this show can or should cover to help people figure it out? I would be very interested to hear different stories. I think you plugged a another podcast that yep. talks about jobs. Working by State Working. Magazine. They don't always probably interview people in their young 20s. And I think the ages of 22 to call it 30 are some of the most fascinating ages because most of us aren't going to be Mark Zuckerberg and create this social media platform at 22 and be a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people who maybe seem like they're down and out or don't have it figured out or zigzagging are going to end up in these fascinating roles, making this impact on these massive companies, nonprofits, charities, their communities, the world. And when they were 22 to 30, their stories often went untold during those times. Mm -hmm. Now, their memoirs and their books and how I built this, that Mm -hmm. will all be released. Mm -hmm. But no one caught them in in their early years. And I think this show has an interesting niche that it can dive into that there's some people doing some really cool things. 
And then there's a lot of us who, from the outside, especially from all you undergrads looking to get in consulting, we're in the world you want to be in. Mm-hmm. And often we're lost in looking to exit. And so, <laughs> and that type of dynamic is, I think, something that will resonate with a large audience. Mm-hmm. And I think that out of bandwidth has the opportunity to tap into that. And so some of the things I'd like to see is someone who did the investment banking. I'm talking, you're leaving the office at 12 a.m. every night and going in on Saturdays and Sundays and making north of six figures type of mm-hmm. gig. You really grinding. How are they going to have time to come on the show? <laughs> I'll leave that to your producers and uh, your executive producers. But that's, me, uh, that's, me and me. <laughs> that's above my pay grade, Jay. I'd also like to see someone in the startup where they're fighting for their idea, a true entrepreneur who has an idea that has not made it. And maybe it is the next DoorDash. Maybe it is the next Pinterest. Maybe it is the next Uber. But someone who's got an idea, and there's a lot of ex-consultants who will leave to start their own gig, their own startup, and it's three people in their parents' basement. I'd like to see that. And then I think other firms and even your big corporations, your Facebook, Google, Amazon, because as we know, any company that you have a large start class Mm -hmm. with a very competitive environment and a lot of analysts are going to be similar to our experience. But I think it would resonate with viewers of how do they do it differently than consulting firms? How do they operate with three, 500 analysts differently than some of our firms do? And I'll say here, I know the show started out in consulting, and I hope that if you're only seriously interested in consulting, I hope you stick around because what I'd really like to do is show you what else is out there. And for those of you who have not been interested in the show because it seemed like it was only about consulting, I hope you can find your way back because I'd really like to make the show for you. And just like David said, I want to catch people in the early years and see what they're up to. Last question before we sign off. What other advice do you think we can give to a future or fellow young professional who's just trying to figure out what they want to do? LinkedIn is the greatest tool that's out there right now. You have at your disposal, we have at our disposal, Mm -hmm. everyone's resume, not their exact resume, but Mm -hmm. job history. Mm -hmm. And we can see the steps they took to become CEO, to become a senator, to become a producer, to become a general manager in Major League Baseball. Look at people that you think have really cool gigs that you would really like, that you would be passionate about work backwards, notice the zigzag, Mm -hmm. and figure out how you can also potentially leverage that, learn those skills, and satisfy your lifestyle location and the made-up word of the day, your leverageability to to get where you are because there's no one path. Consulting has been great to both of us. I don't know if I'll be there forever. No one really does. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really what's worked for me. And that would be my wisdom looking at freshman David, sophomore David, junior David, freshman Jay, sophomore Jay, junior Jay, Jay, senior Jay. (laughs) You're mixing up our names here. Jay and David. They're close. But uh, (laughs) that would be my advice for any young person. Find the career, work backwards, and it'll all work out. David, I think that wraps up the show here. Thanks for coming on. This has been a blast. Jay, I've had a blast and I cannot wait till the next episode. Maybe I'll kick off season three in a bigger (laughs) studio with a larger production team. And maybe you'll even bring some cold cuts or some fruit for me by by then. (laughs) 
I'll keep that in mind. I'm still getting coffee at work, so. Hey, that, that makes two of us. <laughs> that makes two. Four venties, uh, blonde, dark roast, two pumps of hazelnut, and uh, two pumpkin spice lattes, which um, is my order. I'm impressed you remember that. Coming up on our next episode, we take our first deep dive into other careers and talk to someone who helps people seek them out. If there's an industry you'd like to hear about, write me at my new email address, host at jalexandermedia.com, spelled J-A-Y. Our theme song is by Argo Fox, and our ad music is by 444 on the floor. Love that name. Be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Jay Alexander signing off. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you at the client site. This has been a J. Alexander Media Production.